ever seen Qatar in the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, so I think this is their first. But you know, host countries get automatic qualification. They do. Yeah, when I you're th- the host, it's automatic. I thought you still had to like no, no, qualify. No. Nah, do you know how weird that would be? <laughs> I you're mean, the host country, and you're not in the World Cup. I think it would be funny. The, yeah. the the host country is always automatic, and they play the first game. Yeah, makes sense. So, uh, Group A is Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, and the Netherlands. Um, f- looking at that group, for me, Senegal and the Netherlands are the two I see coming out. I think it's two that come out of the group, right? Or is it three? Yeah, it's two. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I agree with that. And Qatar is just making up the numbers. Mm. You know, it's but, I mean, host nations, more often than not, tend to do well, at least for the first couple stages. Not really. A lot of host countries don't make it out of the group stage when they're not, like, a major... South Africa didn't make it out of the group stage. Uh, uh, let's see... In Russia, uh, Russia is an okay team, so yeah, they were. Uh, yeah, they when, did okay. When you're an okay team and being the host country, then it's enough to sort of you know push you. But when you're just a team that's there making up the numbers, it's it's not enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, See, Group B is England, Iran, USA, and then there's still the the last places between Ukraine, Scotland versus Wales. So. Was it Ukraine or Scotland versus Wales? Yeah, Ukraine and Scotland still have to play. Oh, and okay. whoever wins that plays against Wales. Yeah, don't even know. So it's very possible to have like you know a, a British Derby there because either Scotland or Wales can make it through. I mean a UK, not a British Derby. <laughs> Before they come for you, <laughs> let them come. It's confusing and dumb. I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't even know how they're going to uh, manage to arrange that game because yeah no one knows that but you know there's the World Cup is not till November so hopefully things get settled Mm. and let's see in Group C uh, Argentina but I think uh, sorry before Group B I think England versus US if they do play each other would be really I mean, they are going to play each other. That'd be very interesting. Obviously, I think England will win, but um, I don't know. It's just yeah, like last the time they, two they played each other in Western South Africa. powers. They did, yeah. But I mean, um, and that was that. That was one one. USA was not. I USA, can't even say USA is good now, but USA uh, made it out of that group right behind England. Almost didn't make it out. Yeah, I mean, this England team is much better though. Um. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. much better, but uh, I I still don't trust them to really s- s- step up when you expect them to really be the team. Okay, versus you, Iran versus I'm not talking about US. Iran or something like I mean like against the US though. In the Euros when they came up against Scotland, they played terribly. Oh yeah, that's true. When it's like an when it's like a derby international, England don't usually turn up, and unfortunately. I think part of the reason is even though Gareth Southgate has, you know, he's gotten them to 
uh, a final and a semi-final there are games where i feel like okay he, he in this game he needs to unleash the attacking talent in this mm. team and he just plays he's too a, stuck on the favorites a very not not just that but he's a very defensive minded coach mm. and but uh, you know we d- it's a whole another discussion with england and gareth southgate yes. mm-hmm. i don't i think you saw recently that the english fans were booing harry Maguire. oh yeah yeah i heard thing. about that yeah and then so many players the manager even ex-players came and said oh, they don't understand why he's booing well why he's being booed yeah which to in a way i can kind of understand it because these are england fans you're not Manche- manchester united fans have a right to boo harry Maguire. yeah he's been terrible all season but for england harry Maguire has been decent for yeah. England. but at the same time being picked for the national team is supposed to be based on your form for your club and his form for his club has it's been terrible. Been good. So, you know, it, it's, it's that's it, it's been stuck between a rock and a hard place. I think the w- I heard it was it because he did like a cupped ears or something. I don't know if that's true. I didn't hear anything about that. But okay. I just personally feel is at this point, I think English fans should know who Gareth Southgate is. It doesn't matter how bad you're playing for your club. If he likes you, he's picking you. Yeah, and he, he's shown that his entire tenure. So the booing, I felt that was a waste of time. It yeah. wasn't going to change anyone's mind. Mm. And then they were saying that, saying that, oh, that he shouldn't be booed. And I was like, fans have a right to boo whoever they want to boo. Yeah, I think people were trying to equate it to, um, or pundits were trying to equate it to uh, racism in football, um, and. I think uh, that's not something that should be put in the same category necessarily because that's a whole other issue. No, that's a dumb take if that was what they were saying. But anyway, we could push that aside. Yeah. Uh, in Group C, it's Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland. Uh, Nigeria is not in the World Cup, so Argentina yeah, and Argentina <laughs> don't get to meet each other like they always do. <laughs> I always felt like that thing was like some sort of curse or hoax. Like, yeah, I know it's because of you know when you when you qualified you get you get put in certain pots mm. so that you can only play against certain teams and somehow the the odds always just puts Argentina, Argentina versus Nigeria. I was Nigeria. Just like, how does this keep happening? <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, Nigeria didn't qualify. Um, yeah, so I, for this, I I think Argentina and Poland will make it through. Mexico have been haven't been great the past year but i feel like they have a shot i feel like they could even if they haven't been great they're uh, historically still a no, decent they've been team a decent world cup team and uh yeah so but i feel like you know argentina is definitely gonna go hard because i think this is messi's last world cup so i oh, feel yeah. like he is gonna go just as hard himself and Poland, I think this is also this will also be Lewandowski's last World Cup. And Poland, to be fair, have been terrible in the last international tournaments they've been to. They haven't turned up at all. Oh, hopefully they do something with Lewandowski in there because I think this will also be like one of his probably his last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. I'm to a wall here. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Group D have France, um, Denmark, Tunisia, and the winner of 
Australia versus uh, United Arab Emirates. Um, Australia versus United Arab Emirates. Um, will the winner of that game will play? What is that team? Uh, it's another playoff. I can't remember. Because uh, there's there's still one more playoff to happen there, so uh, it it hasn't been decided yet. No, that the the team is PE. Yeah, I think it's a playoff game or something. So they haven't decided the team. Uh, I don't know. Okay, I thought that was like a country. Uh, um, what you call it? Abbreviation. Well, yeah, well, as of right now, it's just three teams that are confirmed, which is France, Denmark, and Tunisia. So okay. you, you expect France to go through, of course. And uh, Tunisia might. Um, no. Me, no. No, I don't have uh, any hopes for Tunisia. Okay. At all. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, for me personally, I've been disappointed in African teams for a while that because uh, watching that last nations cup i did not see a lot of good football there was a people. lot of bad football in that yeah it's a lot of bad football and watching the the final playoffs for the teams to get qualified yeah it was also very it, bad it was also very it just wasn't exciting to watch and i was like yeah like the the nigeria ghana game i was just thinking i was like neither of both these teams, games were terrible i was like neither of these teams deserve to go to the week <laughs> yeah i think yeah. the only difference in the the game was thomas party because i think he's the only one that seemed to play above a level for both teams in yeah. my opinion but yeah, like but that wasn't saying much anyway yeah, it wasn't saying much even the goal he scored was a goalkeeping error mm, yeah yeah, it, 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 it was terrible. Anyway, moving on from that group, Group E, we have Spain, and then we have another playoff, and we have Germany and then Japan. So, you expect Spain and Germany to make it through that group? Yeah, I mean, hopefully. I I don't want to discount Japan. Um, I, no. I'm not saying that they've been great necessarily World Cup, but they have had some surprising games. At least I know in 2018, um, and I think they might be a little bit of a dark horse. But you know, obviously, you expect Spain and Germany. Um, the last game, what is that playoff game? Uh, I think Czech Republic versus uh, New Zealand. Okay. Um, I would expect Czech Republic, maybe. Actually, no. Sorry, um, no, I wouldn't. Um, I actually have no idea between those two. Yeah, like the playoff games, I'm not even bothering about this right now because I haven't followed those countries, so I don't know how well they'll play. Moving on to Group F, Belgium, Canada, Morocco, and Croatia. Oh yeah, Canada's first World Cup um, in 30 years, right? Congratulations yeah, to years, them. So. And, you know, they really played well for the, the... I think they for all their games for qualifying. So, I mean, I still expect Belgium. I mean, you know, I expect a lot from Belgium. I think this is probably the last chance for their golden generation. Yeah, honestly, they've been very disappointing. Um, but I, hopefully they can... I wouldn't mind if they win the World Cup, honestly, because the, the, the talent that they have in that squad is, is too much for them to just keep messing up. They they have a lot of talent, but there are also a lot of other teams that have just as much. France has just as much talents the the dutch team is pretty much is almost back to how good they were um, yeah but when we it. talk about like top top international teams like a few that in every single position that there's a player that's 
world class. Yeah, you Belgium and France. Belgium, or, France, Germany. Say that for yeah, Spain as Germany, well. Spain. Even you could say that for even England as well. Yeah, you could say so. Um, so I, I mean, I'm excited uh, to see how they do. And you know, Croatia, I don't really know. I haven't followed their qualifying, but like a lot of their best players are aging. Yeah, you know, Luka is gonna be what. 37 38 and i mean yet yeah, they were uh, they were finalists last time but i don't expect to see them go that far this time so but yeah i don't well, see, I, i'm just more excited to see what canada can do so am i i think that'll be very interesting um group g is brazil serbia all right i need to make a correction in group e when i said new zealand versus czech republic it's actually costa rica Oh, Costa Rica versus... Yeah, versus New Zealand. Okay. Um, yeah, so that could be another North American team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Group G is Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. Um, Brazil, automatic. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brazil is starting to look, you know, like a dangerous team again. You know? mm-hmm. uh, they're the only team that have ever qualified for every World Cup. That's crazy. Mm. Um, Serbia, I don't know about that. Uh, Switzerland, I would tip Switzerland in this group, but Cameroon, I don't no. want to sleep on. Uh, okay, well, I, I don't have, I just don't have any hope for any African team except for Senegal. Right. Um, like, I would say they've probably been the most consistent of yeah. the African teams. Yeah, but then you know, a but lot then can again, exactly, to, exactly, well, a lot can but change. I based off right now. Yeah, right. like. If I was to root for any African team, it's I'll probably have to put my hat behind Senegal. Mm. And then Group H is Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, and South Korea. I think this is actually like low-key a stacked group. Um, yeah, it's the closest to a group of death we have this time. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, the game I'm looking forward to is Ghana versus Uruguay because you know, Ghanaians have not forgotten what Luis Suarez did to them all those years ago. Uh, I don't remember that game. Oh my god. Twenty ten it was a quarterfinal, Ghana versus Uruguay. And then Ghana had like a goal right in the I think the final minute not a goal but a chance to score. The goalkeeper was beating and Lova Suarez saved the ball with his hands. He got what? a straight red card. As he was crying, going down the tunnel thinking that okay, Ghana is gonna score the uh penalty. Yeah, Ghana would have been the first African team to make it to the semifinal if they won that game. And the striker missed, uh, skied the ball, and then they go to extra time, go to penalties, and uh, Ghana lose. Oh, my. So, for oh. years, Luis Suarez was, like, the most hated man, not just in Ghana, but, like, a lot of Africa. That's insane. So, because a lot of people were saying, oh, my God, how can you do that, that he cheated? But I was like, at the end of the day, you it helped his team. That's crazy. And he was Spanish. He got it. That is, I can't even believe. I can't that. believe you don't remember that. Dude. There no, like images everywhere. Like, if when you get a chance, you go back and watch the the highlights. He, he, he yeah, was, he no, was a, that would. It was a very good save, actually. Straight <laughs> up, he straight up used his hand. No shame whatsoever. And people were screaming at him. Blah blah blah. But I was like, yo. Look at the end result. 
Okay, yes, he missed the next game, but his team went to the semifinal on Ghana. Wow. So I'm just saying. I mean, who do we blame more? If it was me, I'd have probably done the same thing. <laughs> that was so wild. I mean, it just shows you how important the World Cup is to. Yeah, dude. And like when the, when the Ghanaian striker uh, missed that penalty, like Suarez was at was by the entrance to the tunnel. He was supposed to go in, but he stood there to watch. Dude, he celebrated that miss like he scored a goal. Uh, I don't even know how to feel about that. Should I be more mad at Suarez or should I be more mad at the Ghanaian striker? Like, <laughs> that's that's a For wild. me, I was more mad at the Ghanaian strikers because he sent that ball to the moon. <laughs> that's the worst kind of way to, to miss yeah, a penalty. Yeah, exactly. At least make the keeper yeah. work or hit the bar or yeah, something. Yeah, at least be close enough. <laughs> to send it... I, I, don't, I don't get how people play penalties that bad that you send it so high like to me it just shows maybe it's nerves or something and no yeah i mean it's a huge 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 moment um yeah no i, I would rather have a keeper save my penalty than me just blast it to, to, to the come. moon um I, I mean okay so portugal um uruguay is what i would say coming out of this group uh because yeah, i don't know i South Korea. South Korea is like a dark horse. You're the dark horse in that group. Yeah. Ghana is a team I expect everyone to take points off, but then Portugal know how to be terrible at, at competitions yeah, like this. Portugal sometimes, especially like defensively, they, they make a lot of mistakes. And they, they were lucky to... I um, can't remember which team they played. North uh, Macedonia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that game wasn't luck. They played better than North Macedonia. There was another, I can't remember what, I know they played Turkey also in the playoffs. Yeah, it was Turkey they were lucky against. But yes. Sorry, Turkey, not Turkey the Turkey were the ones who were missing their chances. Yeah, so they were lucky against Turkey, and Turkey's not a good team. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, the biggest surprise is um, it's Italy who lost to uh, North Macedonia. Yeah, and in Africa it was Nigeria, but then Nigeria was playing Ghana, and that was like a that was like an yeah. African Italy, derby. Yeah. Italy's um, not there. Colombia didn't There's qualify. a lot of big... I mean, uh, the reason Senegal beat Egypt, there's a lot of big players that aren't going to be in this World Cup and a lot of big teams. And I don't know if maybe it's because of the time period where these playoffs were being played, but... Um, I don't think that has anything to do with it. A lot of these teams let themselves down. That's, yeah. That, that's just the point, especially Italy, who just won the Euros nine months ago. Yeah, that one is I uh, can't explain. I don't know how you yeah, explain that yeah, one. Yeah, no, they 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 just let themselves down. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I I've seen plans of them trying to like expand the World Cup to like what is it forty eight teams or something. I think for the uh, twenty twenty six World Cup, mm. that's supposed to be USA, Mexico, and Canada, I believe. Yeah. So maybe then a lot more teams can qualify. Yeah. Anyways, um, welcome to the show, everyone. Yeah, Just went on a <laughs> World Cup tangent right there. <laughs> yeah, hi everyone. It's your host G Day, and this is John. Yeah, so we're just giving you our thoughts on the uh, World Cup groups for uh, 2022 and coming this November. Mm-hmm. I'm personally very excited for the World Cup. I so love it. I, I'm glad that it's still every four years. I don't know why they. Why a man I love in Arsenal Wenger's <laughs> proposing every two years? I was like, if you do that, you're turning the World Cup into the Champions League. Mm-hmm. I was like, what makes it great is that it doesn't come around every time. 
So, yeah, that's that's our thoughts on the World Cup so far. Well, whatever news or anything that happens, we'll continue to discuss it. So, moving on from the international game, going straight into the uh, the Premier League games in this past weekend, and let's just start with the freshest one. Crystal Palace 3, Arsenal 0. Like, yeah. Um, unexpected results. Uh, I expected Palace to play well, and I knew going there for Arsenal would be a tough game, especially given the fact that they had uh, uh, taken points off City um, on a Monday night at Selhurst Park recently. So Palace are a tough team, and and Vieira has done a good job with them. And also congratulations to him real quick for getting into the the Premier League uh, Hall of Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's very well deserved. Uh, yeah, him and seen. Wayne Rooney. Uh, uh, for me, it's um, like it was I, still I, surprising of a result in my no, opinion. I think the scoreline is what surprised me. Like, yeah, it, it's a game where like I expect Crystal Palace to be able to win, but the manner of the game was what surprised me. Yeah, it's it's, it's the way Arsenal played it was it, very. It was like literally a game, like. Watching Arsenal play reminded me of Space Jam. Like it instilled <laughs> their their talent. Because no, uh, most of there the was pro- no indication of of that kind of yeah, performance. Like, yeah, the Arsenal we've seen for the past couple of weeks, that hunger, that drive. It's like Crystal Palace just like sucked it all out, like nullified it. Yeah, they, I think I don't think Arsenal had like a single shot in that first half. No, they couldn't get out of their their own half. And look. And I guess kudos has to go to Crystal Palace. In a way, they're kind of like the ultimate bogey team, and they yeah for all the big teams in recent years they've they've been the teams that have ruined teams' title challenges. Teams, I mean, back when Brendan Rodgers was a Liverpool manager, they were the team that ruined, uh, that put the the nail in the coffin for them not winning their league. They're this season. They're the ones who've pretty much opened the title race yeah. right back open. It's Liverpool day. Yeah, it's yeah. I think yeah. The, um, <laughs> City Housing scored a single goal against them. Yeah, they held them to. Um, yeah, they beat them at the Etihad, and then they held them to a draw. Yeah, so uh, it's crazy. I think uh, Crystal Palace is is kind of it's weird. Like they're mid table, like, but it's like I don't know if they're they're not playing for anything, but they're also beating big teams. So. I'm just confused, like what their position is. But I, I think you know, um, they're kind of forming an identity now with Vieira, a little bit, and they could move further up next season, depending. Um, well, they can move further up if they can, you know, continue to attract decent players and teams mm-hmm. that buy into Vieira's philosophy. Mm-hmm. The uh, the thing I really notice about a lot of these mid-table teams is that when they get decent. The bigger teams come and buy their players. Yep. So if Crystal Palace can hold on to, because they have a lot of young good players, for someone like I'll say Zaha, it's too late for him to go to a bigger team. Like Crystal Palace, have they pretty much priced him out of going to any other team. Mm-hmm. So he might as well just stay there and become a Crystal Palace legend. But they have a bunch of other young players like uh, Olise. I think they have like a new, uh, say a right back or left. I can't remember the guy's name. But Tyreek Mitchell. 
Yeah, but he's they pretty much called him like the next Wan Bissaka or that he's even better than Wan Bissaka. Yeah, I was uh, reading his um, stats before the game, and he was um, the danger man uh, that the Premier League, you know, uh, yeah, looked at. And apparently, he hasn't gotten booked so far this season. Yeah, I and he see. stopped a lot of uh, f- wingers. Yeah, he's uh, probably going to be moving on to a bigger team. I was only thinking, yo, if Arsenal can get the money. No, yeah, he's 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 very they good. They could probably get him because uh, what's his name? Tavares had another stinker. Um, you know what the thing is? I I don't want to put too much blame on on Tavares. No, I'm not saying it's not his fault that he lost, but he personally did not have a good game. He did not have a good game, but it, neither it, did anyone else in the Arsenal team. To be to be fair, yeah, to be fair, but I'm saying it's worse for him because both goals came from his side. Mm, mm. With the uh, free kick, like. Uh, I thought he, like he did not defend that side well at all, and then for the for the second goal, I guess yeah, maybe the, he, the he player assumed. had the inside of him. But then that, right yeah. before that, Gabriel missed. He dove in and yeah, he missed he the did, ball. But as a defender, I don't think he should he should be just assume that he's gonna get there. And like I said, you still need to protect your inside. Uh, like, mm. he, I I sort of felt bad for him because this is like what the second time he's been taken off at halftime because he's mm-hmm. having such a bad game. Yeah, and then um, Arteta's post-match comment said it was more of a tactical decision because they wanted to change the formation and then have more attack in yeah, the middle because yeah. they brought on. Uh, I can see that as well, Martinelli. But they also took him off because he was the worst. No, he was he was not good. He was he was not good. He was the worst player on the on the on the pitch for Arsenal. But like you said, if if he if he was a three, most of the other players were only like a three and a half and a four. Yeah, um, it was a bad performance all around. Like uh, nobody could keep possession of the ball. Thomas Party was very bad. He had so many like under hit passes or over hit passes. It it was terrible. But you know maybe it was like you know. Maybe Sahos Park is becoming its own mini fortress. fortress that's but but here's the other thing too. Arsenal did have a few chances, right? And like um, Arteta yeah. went in and changed a few things. Yeah, in the second half, they tried a few things. And they, they came back a little bit better. They had more possession, and then and uh, at the start of the second half, Arsenal could have had a penalty. I don't know why VAR didn't take a second look at it. I thought it was a penalty. Mm-hmm. I don't know some people are saying it's debatable, but at least VAR didn't even take a look at it. Which is right. why I didn't see that. I didn't see that challenge. Yeah, uh, it was Saka again. His legs got caught between the defender's legs, and maybe the ref saw it as accidental. Mm. And then uh, yeah, but th- that's what confuses me because the the penalty for Crystal Palace was checked by VAR. Why didn't they bother to just check this one? If uh, well, that's the that's been the problem with VAR. There have been some decisions that people will see that like, okay, you checked for this, but you didn't check for that. Why didn't? Yeah, there's you know there there. Like what, it, there's what no determines when you're going to check and when you're not going to check because it just doesn't. Well, that's the human error that we still have in the game, and you know, and because like it's because of that VAR, it makes it a lot more obvious that like, why didn't you check for this one? This is almost as as egregious, but yeah, it, it's whatever. The point is, Crystal Palace deserved to win that game wholeheartedly. Yeah, they, they dominated dominated uh, every aspect of the of the play, like. The only person in the Arsenal team that can escape any blame is the goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, he didn't really... There was nothing he could have really done. Yeah, for, for, for those any goals. Of, yeah, for any of those goals. So. Um, I, I would yeah. say, like, the, you know, Arsenal did have, like, two clear chances to score. Um, 
with Smith Rowe. They played a couple passes between Martinelli. Um, yeah, he had, a, he had a chance, but it was a very weak it shot. It was a very weak shot. And then there was another one that Odegaard had also. Yeah, um, I think it was a game that he should have started Martinelli. Yeah, yeah, because Martinelli was a lot more... He could open up the space on the left-hand side yeah, a lot more. He's he's more of like a naturalized person yeah. than Smith Rowe. Mm-hmm. Like Smith Rowe is not that much of a wide uh, of a wide player. Mm-hmm. player but th- I don't really put this um, defeat necessarily down to the manager. I think a lot of the players. I know. The, like um, I said, it was it was mistakes, and like yeah. when mis- mistakes like that happen. I know a lot of people scream and like when stuff like when a player misses a tackle or something like that. I was like, you you cannot blame any manager for stuff like that. That's just on the player because you can't coach that. Yeah, you could do you could be practicing something all week and then on the day of the play, if the player messes up, you I know, mean, but you, you know we live in an age where everyone is gonna be like on the manager or it's the end of the it's, world. It's not even just the, the, it's not even about the manager for me. Um, after the game, um, I was watching a lot of different uh fan channels on youtube and dude the level of uh panic that i've seen off of this loss has been quite unprecedented i I haven't watched any but i knew it was going to be a lot of panic because this is how fans are fans are very very reactionary i can tell that by tomorrow if you ask those same people that same question, they'll probably be like, you know what, it was a it was a loss. We still have the games in hand, and we still have to play Tottenham. Yeah, and and, and I know yeah. people get uh, emotional immediately after a game and during the game. It just was so. It, it almost seemed like people forgot that Arsenal still have a game in hand. Oh yeah, people forget so many things like that. You, you know. Uh, even based on that, we can use that to segue to the uh, uh, Chelsea Brentford game, where pretty much Brentford somehow was able to destroy Chelsea. At yeah, home for I, I don't even know how the hell that happened. What happened? But dude, what some of what some Chelsea fans were saying after that game, they were talking like they had the worst team in the Premier League. They're like, oh my god, this player is not good enough to play for Chelsea. Blah blah. blah. And they're <laughs> like, how could Thomas Tuchel do this? And I'm like, you guys are. Third, <laughs> yeah, it was like you guys are third. I was like, and if you remember last season, Chelsea lost a game like this to West Brom, who were fighting relegation. They lost five mm-hmm. two. Yeah, and around kind of the same time as well, but like Chelsea went on to win the Champions League. It wasn't. It was one loss. Yeah, I mean, right the end of b- the world. before Tuchel came in, um, they lost a string of games, and um, everyone was like, "That's it. That's the end for them." And then you know. They got brought in too cool and things changed around and the season completely changed for them um same thing with liverpool last season they almost didn't make the top four and it was i think the last couple of weeks that they just got a, a bunch of wins together yeah they got a bunch of decent wins but yeah fans are just very very action like i was so surprised when i saw those chelsea fans just being like like i was like oh this guy selling he's not good enough I was I was surprised though with Brentford's performance. I I was not. I did not see that coming at all. No, no one did. Especially, I think for me the funniest thing about that game is uh, Rudiger scored a banger. Yeah, that was a beautiful goal. But then by the end of the game, everyone (laughs) forgot about the goal because 
Brentford just took them to the sword. Yeah, because of it, the four-one scoreline, it was just like, what on earth is happening? Yeah, um, I mean, good win for Brentford. I, I think they're. I don't know. Um, can you pull up the table, real quick? Because I know they're in and around that relegation zone. I don't know where they are right now. Okay, they're fourteen. Fourteenth. So they're 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 safe. They're yeah, they're, safe. they're ten points ahead of Watford. Yeah, or eighteenth. They're safe. So, yeah, like you said, all these teams that don't necessarily have anything to play for at this point, they're, um, they can pull off these surprising... Th- there's less pressure on them like than yeah, there is right now on like a team like Arsenal who is like fighting for the top four and all the pressure is on them. Um, but we can even segue from that into the Tottenham game because I saw a lot of Tottenham fans. I mean, obviously, Tottenham fans will banter Arsenal fans after Arsenal loses. And they went into the top four off their I mean, win against they Newcastle. Can, they can. I mean, they also lost three 0 to Crystal Palace as a spark earlier this season. Yeah. So um, I I just think it was. It's just so weird. Like watching all these. Uh, I don't know why I felt. I didn't feel aggrieved. I mean, I was upset with the way that Arsenal lost and the fact that Arsenal lost the game because they could have gone uh, a couple points. Um, like three points ahead yeah, in the in the top four race, and then two points behind Chelsea. But I didn't feel like it was the end of the world, even though there is a difficult running of games. Um, it just seemed like everyone from the pundits to everyone else was just like, now it's Spurs. Spurs are the team. I'm like, yo, two weeks ago, Arsenal was a team that everyone said would get top four. Today, it's Spurs. Like, guys, it's going to change. Yeah. Well, I mean... I would say, well, a lot of pundits that I've followed have said it was Spurs because they had the easier run in. Mm. So that's, you know, and in the to a point, I, I agreed with them because, yeah, the, yeah they, they did have the easier run of games. The only issue that Spurs had was they were a lot more inconsistent than, than Arsenal. Yeah. But, then, but, but they're starting to build some consistency now, and if they continue that, then, you know, uh, they could pip Arsenal to the uh, to the fourth position. I mean, right now both teams are level on points, but Arsenal has a game in hand. But the so thing is, Spurs, you know, they still have to play. Uh, I believe Manu and no, they, they don't. No, okay, I think they played them twice. Yeah, right, they already played United and they they lost at Old Trafford. Well, uh, I know they still have to play us, and I don't know one other big team that they have to play, but. Even the uh, teams lower down the table, like we said, like no one expected this performance or this result um, against Crystal Palace from Arsenal. It could happen to Tottenham to... Um, they are picking up momentum at the right time, which is good. And I think what most people believe is that Antonio Conte will be the difference between the two teams. But realistically, uh, we can't really tell. So, and, I and don't Antonio know. Conte is definitely, uh, I'll say he's leveled the ship at Spurs. Mm-hmm. So he's 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 definitely helped them out there. They're playing a lot better. Oh, and they still have to go to. Okay, um, they still have to play Liverpool before they play Arsenal. Mm. So that'll be two tough fixtures. Um, but then, yeah, the rest of their their running is pretty. Pretty easy. Um, nevertheless, like we can't really say. Yeah, it's the games you expect them to win. 
Yeah. I mean, but they still have to play Brentford away, and Brentford have pretty much peppered, not peppered, but they've given every team that's come at to their stadium an extremely tough game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think now we just makes the top four is a lot more interesting um, and a lot tighter. Yeah, it's a lot tighter. Like, I was surprised that Spurs beat Newcastle by that scoreline, 5-1. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, especially because Newcastle scored first and um, they got kind of into a bit of a tussle and I saw like they were fighting on the pitch and then I was like, oh, now you're going to... Because they're playing at Tottenham Stadium. You know, they're going to galvanize everyone and then galvanize them and then they came out after halftime from 1-1 and they just peppered them completely. I was surprised that Newcastle, you know, were that undisciplined. Um uh, me personally, stuff like that doesn't make a difference. It's it, it, it Spurs just just blew them away in the second half. Their their world class players stepped up for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that Kul- Kulusevski has really been um, a great buy for them because he's galvanized their attack so much, um, and the way he's linking up with Kane and Son has been really. It's like one of the best front threes I've seen. Um, you know, in yeah, the they're uh, Spurs are starting to click, and it couldn't have come at a more worse time for Arsenal. <laughs> I mean, I think the only thing for Arsenal to be worried about at this point in time is the injuries that uh, to Tierney and Thomas Party. Thomas Party picked up an injury during the game, and you could see during the game he did not look close to his best, and I think that's because the international games that he played were very big games um, um and uh, that i don't know if like they like affected to me i mean maybe but uh he just looked completely off the mark and i think uh, maybe well like you said the entire arsenal team was off the mark so it can't just be because of uh internationals mm. so it, it, it was for arsenal it was a bad day at the office that's yeah. it move on yeah but one thing that i think is good is that this team has bounced back every time that they've kind of gone uh well, and they just have they just have to do it again it's yep. i don't know I, I just don't share the doom and gloom that a lot of fans fans will share and, and and the truth of the matter is even if arsenal don't make top four if they come fifth or sixth that's a position where no one expected them to be in at yeah the start of the season yeah um i think the 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 other issue is that you know once expectations change people i i completely understand that but the the truth of the matter is i know we as fans we will always move the goalpost mm-hmm. when it comes to stuff like this but i know like within the i guess under the umbrella of the arsenal house or whatever they're discussing oh it's it's progress it, yeah to them they're making progress they're like oh if we get fourth that's even better than we th- than we thought but at least let's at least get back into like a, a new european competition because mm-hmm. that would at least give them some more pulling power to to attract better players yeah, to attract some like more that. players because yeah. they, they they'll be able to get a bigger squad so because because right now the only thing that will attract any player to spurs is antonio conte yeah, I mean, but that is a big attraction. Um, it, it is a big attraction. And, you know, uh, they, they have one of the best stadiums in the world. But it I mean, no player is just going for a stadium. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, what's his name? Is it Jamie O'Hara, this ex-Tottenham player? 
it was on talk sports uh, and he was saying saying that to him and believes that players should would always pick Spurs over Arsenal. I don't know about that. Thank thank goodness the person uh, who who was talking to was like, oh, why would any player do that? And he started saying, oh, because, uh, you know, they have they they can play with players like Harry Kane. They have the best stadium. They have Harry Kane hasn't won anything. And then the guy was like, they're also the biggest butlers in the (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, like I said, um, the the North London Derby fixture has been... um, rescheduled for i think the third for may 12 yeah so that's like two weeks before the end of the season yeah so i know they're saying it it could be a fourth place decider who knows i don't know it depends on how both teams play imagine both teams go on a terrible run right now yeah and and then it's man and then man united is back (laughs) in it's not so yeah, I mean, the only thing that we can say for certain is that the Liverpool United uh, City game is definitely oh, yeah. a big influence. Oh, yeah, that's that's, and we'll talk about that. Um, yeah, so anyway, let's go through the rest of the games. Uh, on yes, we just spoke about Spurs Newcastle. Uh, Everton lost again yesterday. It's, yeah, man, it's it's looking peak for Everton right now. I mean, yeah. can't lie. Uh, yeah, I don't um, know what they're gonna do. I don't know. I think they'll still stay up, but uh, yeah. I, it's I don't know not what's working with there. Lampard. It's not working. Yeah, not but it, 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 it wasn't. Pounds. It wasn't working with the last manager as well. Yeah, and, and the one before that. It wasn't that. working that great with the one before that either. So, I don't know. Is it the players, or is it because I know there's all this talk that oh, if they get relegated, they will have to sell certain players, but I don't think that's gonna happen. Mm. I, 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 I don't think they're gonna get relegated. So. All that talk of uh, seven players, I feel, is very premature. I remember people were saying that, though, if, if Villa get relegated, they would have to sell Jack Grealish and blah, blah, blah. And look at that. Arsenal decided to give them a lifeline and lose, and, and they stayed up. So it's, it, that's the thing. All, the, all this talk, I feel like they will probably come against some team everyone expects them to lose to, and then they'll beat the team and then stay up. Yeah, I just can't see them... Uh, I mean, I can see it, but I I don't think they will. Um, the the thing is, I think it might be a, an issue of uh, their long term plan for the club might not align with the fact that they keep changing managers, and so they're buying these players, changing managers, and then no one is able to steady the ship for long enough. Um, no, yeah. whatever team chemistry they have just seems to have disappeared and in in the game they had very good chances to score and their forwards with were missing so i mean for something like that too you, you can't blame the manager for strikers who are constantly missing goals mm-hmm. but anyway that's them uh then moving back into saturday liverpool went on top for like an hour or two when they beat watford <laughs> And Man City was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, and then Man City was like, uh, well, you, you can win by two goals. We can win by two goals as well. Beat Burnley two, by two goals, went back on top. Uh, for finally, someone wasn't able to batter Norwich, Brighton. <laughs> uh, they, they've they've had bad form recently as well, and so yeah, they've not been able to score. And then again, I think they were booing uh, Graham Potter at the same. So. That continues to happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, Mope had a penalty and he sent his to the moon. As oh, well. my days. Yeah, I saw that. That was. Yeah. Yeah, so there's that. And then we already touched on uh, Chelsea losing to Brentford. Yeah. And then Leeds took the lead to Southampton, but Southampton was able to get the draw. Mm-hmm. 
Wolves were able to beat Villa. Like this was, like, I don't. Know, Villa didn't turn up for like the first like uh, half hour of the game when Wolves just took control. And I think they got a goal in the injury time, uh, extra time. No, yeah, it was a bit earlier than that, but they had a chance to equalize, but they just couldn't capitalize. I don't know. Uh, Coutinho is, is not making the same impact as it was earlier when he the first came. The bounce has gone, maybe. Maybe. And um, the game where I expected more from United, but didn't. They drew 1-1 one, one to Leicester, and they easily could have lost this game if not for VAR. Oh, yeah, because I believe, was it Madison scored? Yeah, Madison scored scored a goal, but it was called back because it was uh, Ian Nacho was shown to have like dragged uh, Varane's leg. Like it, it, it's a goal that if VAR didn't exist, it, it would have stood. Mm. Yeah, that one's a bit tough. Uh, t- yeah, but Leicester were all over Manchester United in this game. It's uh, They're just yeah, not good at home. Yeah, Leicester were playing like the home team and United were... I don't know. People always still was will still say that Ronaldo is the one that's ruined this team. I was like, no, he wasn't no. even playing. I'm saying if if, uh, if he was there, they probably would have scored one of the two or three chances that they that they had in the game. Yeah, um, that was. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, let's uh, take a look at the upcoming fixtures for this coming weekend. Yeah, so we have quite a few games coming. On Wednesday, we have Burnley taking on Everton. Uh, Relegation battle. Uh, Yeah, I don't even... At at this stage, I can't say whether Everton will turn up or not, but I I feel like they should. They should. They they definitely have to. Because uh, a point does them much better than... goes further for them than it does for Burnley. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think as long as they don't lose, they should be okay. Mm. And then Friday, we have Newcastle versus Wolves. Newcastle seem to have lost that spark that they had in, the, in a bit of a losing run. I feel like these two teams were kind of on a close level, especially with the fact that Newcastle no, are playing at home. At I mean... Um, Wolves are a much better team than Newcastle. Come on, man. Yeah, I said kind of. Not even kind of. I... I disagree with that. Just uh, and okay. C- continue. What Newcastle is playing at home. Mm-hmm. Um, Wolves are very good defensively, and Newcastle improved a lot defensively since January. So, I think that they can. I mean, they're playing at home, but I think that they could win this game because Wolves doesn't, like we said, Wolves doesn't score a lot of goals. Um, so I see a possibility because going into that Spurs game. I would have thought that Newcastle had a very good chance and they did score first, but they, they capitulated. So I could see Newcastle winning this game, or at least I would see this as a draw, maybe like a 1-1. Okay. And then on Saturday, we have Everton versus United. Everton's playing at home. But even though United have been inconsistent, I still... Yeah, they'll play the counter-attacking football and... You yeah, know. and I think Ronaldo should be back. So I think this is a United or, win. Or maybe this is the day that Lampard finally galvanizes his team. No, the, the funny thing is like... It could be, right? It could yeah. because on Wednesday, I could definitely see Everton losing to Burnley. 
and mm-hmm. then on Saturday we just turn into prime Barcelona and and defeat Manchester United. Because I remember they played very well against City at home, but then if not for yeah, they played very well against City at home. They beat Arsenal at, at home. Mm. They, I don't know when if they're playing against the bigger teams, they seem to be able to step up their game to at least give them even if they lose, they yeah. still give the that team a game. So it, it's it's yeah, possible. It's possible. It's an early kickoff. Yeah. The next game is Arsenal Brighton. Um, now this is where again the the tests continue. The test continues. The, the I don't look that much at it because it's it's a home game and mm-hmm. Arsenal's home form is very good. So I expect Arsenal to win. Yeah, and Brighton has been on a bad form a yeah. run. If if it was an away game from Arsenal, that's when I'd have had more questions about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I see yeah, this as an Arsenal. I mean, we're, I'm not saying it's a complete like given that Arsenal will win, but. You know, Arsenal is definitely a wounded animal right now. And so they would definitely want to take out their anger on, on Brighton. And Arteta, and I know even the, the players themselves want to show that they're much better than what happened today. Exactly. And then we have Southampton, Chelsea. And Chelsea will also want to bounce back against Southampton. Yeah. See and, uh, and, and and if they do, sorry, Southampton. You, 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 were, you were just uh, yeah, you just happened the straw to be that the, broke the camel's back. <laughs> Yeah, it just happens to be the team to play against uh, a, a winded giant. Yeah, and then uh, the next game is Watford versus Leeds. Um, uh, if I was to go for a winner, I'll go for Leeds. Because I just think yes. that they, they have a better attacking chemistry than Watford do at this time. Watford just yeah. seem to be... I don't even know what to say. They just seem to be <laughs> Watford. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of looks like they're going down again. So, but yeah. you know, maybe maybe they can save themselves. And then a game that I thought would have been tricky weeks ago, but I'm not so sure now. Austin Villa Spurs. Do Mostly Villa, because Villa's form has dipped. Yeah, though Villa are playing at home, but still they've 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 definitely lost their spark while Spurs are founders. But it, it's mm. it's not completely. A given that Spurs will win this, no, but I I do expect if I do see a yeah, scoreline, it will be like a two-one to Spurs. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. Mm. And then on Sunday, Brentford West Ham. Uh, that uh, should be well. Hmm, it might be a little tricky. Yeah, both teams coming off of good wins, and but then it, Brentford is playing at home. Yeah, Brentford is very good. So I don't expect them to lose, but I don't know if they will win. Mm. Um, yeah. And then we have Leicester versus Crystal Palace teams. They're coming off to you know playing well against teams that have Crystal Palace. That'll be a very good game, Arsenal. I think. And then, I mean, if I was to pick a winner for this game, I'll go with Crystal Palace. They've, to me, they've they've been more convincing than Leicester. What but I would I, say because Leicester uh, is playing Leic- the king Le- power. Leicester is uh is above them in the table, I think. Uh, no, no. Crystal yeah, Palace has jumped. Well, okay, so thanks to today, you're jumped. Yeah. Uh, so Crystal have a plus four goal difference, while Leicester have a negative four. Um, so I would go f- with with Crystal Palace. I think I'll go with Leicester just because they're at home. The, their home form hasn't been great either. So mm. I think if Crystal Palace play against Leicester like they did today, I mean, I, I expect Rosa Palace to win. Oh, yeah, of course. 
And then we have Norwich Burnley. Two teams uh, who, who seem to give everyone points. But they can, let's see who's who's, who's ready like to, to, to give the other one points. This looks like a draw really not all over it. Yeah, but I can I can see Burnley still beating Norwich. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the big one on Sunday, Man the City. The title decider. Yeah, Man City versus Liverpool. Okay, the reverse fixture ended, I think, what people consider the best game of the season so far in that 2-2 game. I think both both teams were playing well. Then there were, it was it, w- it was an amazing game to watch. Yeah. Uh, this I don't know, man. I mean, I want Liverpool don't have a great record in Manchester. They have an okay re- record there. Well, they have a better record against them in the Champions League at at the Etihad Stadium. But in the Premier League, it's. I think no, because of the the level of stakes w- with this game. Um, and how we've seen both teams play against each other in recent years, it's going to be entertaining. Um, I don't think it's going to be one of those games where you think they'll sit back because of the the, no, the stakes here. First of all, these are two teams that who never sit back. Yeah. So I, I honestly trying to predict the scoreline for this game is difficult. I think whoever wins this game gets the momentum for the rest of the season. Um, and possibly goes on to win the league. Like this is one of those season-defining games. This is the title-defining game. Um, I, I honestly cannot tell you because from the from the whistle, the first whistle is on, is literally on. Well, I mean, you know, there's Champions League midweek for uh, both teams. Uh, I, I don't know how that would affect them. I'll say Liverpool have the easier fixture. Midweek, yeah, but once you reach like a certain stage in Champions League, like none of the fixtures are that easy. No, 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 they're not, but still, uh, I think most teams would rather play Benfica than play oh, yes, yes, the 100%. Yeah, so uh, it's a game where the, the problem with games like this is you know, we always hype them up and build them up, and, <laughs> and then they become boring, <laughs> not just boring, but. But like the but like the reverse fixture, they usually end in a tie, and mm. if it ends in a tie, you know that still puts City in the driving seat, even though it's only one point. Mm. But still, I would rather be. Yeah, I'd rather be ahead. one point ahead. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I want Liverpool to win just because that completely shifts the momentum, and then it, we'll see if Man City can. Uh, respond somehow, but uh, if I feel like if that shift yeah, happens, then if, it's if that shift happens, that it's pretty much done because even if both teams then go on to win all the remaining fixtures, Liverpool wins the league. So we, yeah, it's it, it is that Liverpool need to win. Mm-hmm. If they don't win, like let's say it ends in a tie, but then both teams go on to win the remaining fixtures, Manchester City wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's. You could say there's slightly more pressure on Liverpool to have to win the game. Uh, hopefully, for them, in their midweek Champions League game, I guess we could even go into that. They've they don't come away from uh, Benfica with any injuries and nothing to worry about. Then I think they should be fine for the weekend game. The the City Madrid game is going to be quite interesting because Atletico is on a very good run of form, and. Um, 
if any team can stifle anyone in the Champions League, if any team can stop you from scoring, it's Madrid. Um, so, you know, it, that one's going to be tough to call um, how that game pans out. Yes, it was because uh, I know in the in the uh, round of 16 game, I guess in a way I kind of feel Liverpool didn't play that great in your second leg against Inter. Oh, they didn't. I think they were kind of lucky. Um, yeah, the the scoreline flattered them, in my opinion. I mean, they uh, Inter scored and did, all the momentum was with them. But then as soon as Sanchez got that red card, it just yeah, swung it back to, to Liverpool. So we'll, uh, we'll say, but for this, I, I expect Liverpool to win. Mm-hmm. And then uh, City at- Atletico, I don't know. Uh, I can't really point that. And then... The second round, we have uh, Chelsea Real Madrid. It's going to be quite interesting. I've seen uh, like a lot of Madrid fans like upset that they have to play Chelsea because they feel like they got a, a difficult tie, and it is a difficult tie. But uh, it is. You never discount they, Real Madrid. They played a difficult tie against PSG. Yeah, and came back so it's. I feel like they should be confident. Yeah, and uh, the team that I'm surprised that have gotten this far, Villarreal, are playing. Brian Munich. Well, um, what is that? That's um, Wednesday. Um, no, that's. I mean, the manager. Unai Emery. Yes, yes. I I can't believe I couldn't think of his name. Unai Emery once again. Um, you know, yeah, I'm surprised he's gone this far in Champions League. Uh, but kudos to him. Bringing in a team like Villarreal um, yeah, into I mean, it. One would expect a Bayern Munich win, but I don't think yeah. it'll be as straightforward. Bayern Munich has not really... I feel like they've um, not yeah, been as impressive as, as normal in this Champions yeah, League campaign. Yeah, no, no, they haven't. But any team that has Lewandowski is, you know, is always, always has a chance. Yeah, I would say so. And I would tip them more often than not to make it through. All right, so that's pretty much the biggest games that we discussed. Is there anything else you want to add? Uh, no. I'm just happy that club football is back. <laughs> yeah, no more international breaks until the end of the season. So yeah, so that means we're gonna be here pretty much every week for now. No, no more, no more missing any episodes. So thank you everyone once again for listening. Stay safe out there, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Bye, everyone.